and welcome to IRI Growth Insights, featuring IRI thought leaders, industry partners, and guests. For more than 40 years, IRI has been known for its invaluable data, but these podcasts delve into the insights the data reveal to fuel market disruption and market growth for those in the CPG, retail, healthcare, and media markets. I'm your host, Joan Driggs, coming to you from IRI's corporate headquarters in Chicago. Welcome to IRI Growth Insights. Today we're going to talk about foot traffic on the road to recovery. We are at a crazy time during this pandemic uh, where different parts of the U.S. are at varying levels of mobility and different degrees of restrictions. Um, And we have lots of data that indicate that consumers aren't really in a hurry to be heading back to their pre-pandemic routines. They really want to take a wait-and-see approach before heading back to like the gym or coffee shops. At the same time, IRI data show that we are increasing our trips to the store, and many of those of us who are fortunate enough to be employed are actually heading back to work. So my colleague, Holly Carlson. Hi, Holly. Hi. Um, who's with our Media Center of Excellence. Um, she and I decided to kind of take a look at some more true consumer behaviors um, to see if, in fact, we're limiting our social distancing as much as, you know, we think we are. So we invited Diane Perlman, CMO of London-based Bliss, um, an IRI partner specializing in location-based data and analytics, to help us learn how consumers who are part of Bliss's CCPA and GDPR compliant smart platform, um, how they're connecting with brands when they're out and about or even when they're at home, to find out if personalized messages can help ease the friction of shopping either online or in-store, or even lessen the anxiety that's been linked to shopping in-stores. So welcome, Diane. Thank you. Great to be here. So Diane, before we start talking about like the value of location-based analytics and how IRI and Bliss have been working together, I want to find out how you're doing on your own mobility journey, if you will? Like, where are you on that spectrum of coming back out into the world? Well, that's a great question. I mean, for me, mobility personally has completely changed. I've been, uh, and I think I always shopped quite local, but now that hyper-local shopping is even more so than before. Um, Although I'm buying more things online that I might've normally popped out to the shops for like vitamins or skincare products. And then also, for me, I haven't done any uh, travel via public transit, which is obviously living in London. It's pretty much how you get around everywhere. But I haven't set foot on public transit since the lockdowns began back in March. So I'm riding my bike or walking pretty much everywhere I need to get to, maybe the occasional Uber. So that's really life life at the moment and working from home. So, yeah. So I think we all pretty much have similar journeys um, Maybe not London. Um, that must be heartbreaking, actually, to be in such a culturally diverse, beautiful, rich city and not, you know, and feel still kind of like you're cocooning a little bit. Um, so, Diane, tell us a little bit more about Bliss. Sure. Well, Bliss is, as you said, it's a leader in location powered advertising and analytics. And we specialize in helping brands to understand reach and also engage their consumers globally to deliver measurable results. And in the US, 
the CPG sector is one of our biggest verticals. And I know that's a really important uh, place and space for IRI as well. And because location data is the most accurate indicator of real behavior at scale and intent versus any other type of data, we use that data to map real world consumer behaviors based on where people are, where they've been, and uncovering the truth about what they actually do so that brands can better engage with and, and target them. And we use this, we do this using our smart platform, which is based on four uh, core technologies, which are proprietary to Bliss, which is our smart uh, pin, smart scale, smart places, and also smart households. And in particular, we can help CPG brands see foot traffic in flight as well as post campaign. And as you can imagine, throughout the pandemic, we've been doing a lot of work with major CPG brands that are selling, for example, soaps or other sanitizing products and driving consumers in store and also to e-commerce to buy so I'm, I'm hearing things like smart pins, smart scales, smart places, smart households. And I'm guessing that that's like pin is kind of like a, a location place in time type thing. Um, and, you know, we're still staying home a lot, you know, and you did say like smart places, smart households. We're staying home. Again, we, we've talked a little bit about varying levels of mobility across the country, but this can't be the same traffic that you were looking at back in, you know, pre-pandemic time. So what does this limitation of mobility uh, mean for brands or even agencies? Well, you're right, uh, Joan. It is, a, it is a different world, and a big part of our jobs is about helping brands to understand and also navigate that. And as you mentioned, Smart Pin is actually our, our proprietary technology that helps us uh, vet out bad data because there's a lot of bad location data out there. So that actually helps us ensure that we're pinpointing the right data and that that we are seeing uh, devices where where we think they are and where the data tells us they are. So we're rooting out all that bad data with our smart pin technology. And what we're seeing really is that with less mobility over these past several months, foot traffic has obviously declined markedly, but our data and indeed the location intelligence that we can provide has never been more important or, or in fact in demand because we can see recovery as it's happening. And that's why a lot of clients are, are calling us up right now to really give them a heads up on when they should start spending again, which verticals should they be doubling down on and where, because re-emergence is happening on a market-by-market market basis. And especially in a place like the U.S., where every state is having a different stage of the pandemic and different challenges. So uh, they are looking to us to when they should start spending again, where they should double down and tracking that. And we've been tracking levels of foot traffic and comparing that to a, a normal base of pre-COVID levels from February and earlier. So for example, the Bliss data has shown that in late July compared to normal levels, which our, our tracker represents as February uh, the third the week of February 3rd, so early February, we're seeing that apparel, for example, is at 61% of normal levels. Convenience stores is at 114%. So they, they're doing quite well in all of this. Hair and beauty is at 80% of uh, normal levels and pharmacy is at 67% of normal levels. So you can see some sectors have shown a bit more resilience. And even with less foot traffic, our data is really valuable to brands because we can also help them target and retarget customers based on historic data 
This is, uh, for example, the behaviors that they had exhibited previously, which might be related to lifestyle, life stage, passions, um, which don't really change regardless of whether we're stuck inside or not. For example, if you were planning, you know, if you were having a baby or you were about to have a, to have a child who was about to graduate from high school or enter university or college, um, or for example, if you were a gym goer, uh, you're still, you're still, these things are still happening. Uh, you may not be going physically to the gym, but you're still interested in fitness. So this is really about uh, using that six week, six months, excuse me, look back window to be able to target people based on their prior behaviors, life stages, etc. So that's really important. And I also noticed that in IRI's demand index for the week ending August 8th, that total CPG demand was actually up 8% versus a year ago. So that's amazing to see. And household cleaning in that was 23% above a year ago level. So that's really telling about that CPG um, resilience and demand. We've seen so many different changes. And I was just really interested to see that you're seeing the traffic with convenience because that was one of the channels like at the outset of the pandemic that was hardest hit, like along with drug, you know, that people simply weren't, um, you know, they weren't doing their usual commutes. They weren't hanging out in urban areas where a lot of the Seasters are. So that's really, to me, that is right right there. Um, Holly, so tell us a little bit about how you, because you're like the lead here for IRI with Bliss. Tell us how you are working together. Yeah, so Diane, as you know, Bliss and IRI have been partnering together since 2016. Uh, We started working with you guys um, in your neck of the woods with the UK team. Uh, We began working on matched market sales lift measurement initially, and then we developed planning and targeting data from our point of sale data set. Uh, You guys were actually the first to use this data to plan and execute media more efficiently. We were then fortunate to have our colleagues over in the UK introduce us to your team in the States here and expand the partnership. Um, In the US, uh, I would say since about 2017, we have measured several of your shopper marketing campaigns um, through our match market sales lift measurement solution, which is the similar type of work we've been doing with you in the UK as well. this solution allows advertisers to understand the impact that their media has had on the analyzed product sales in stores or perhaps through e-commerce. Um, with a combination of location-based data, it reveals who is in what store. And when layered with IRI data, we can then see who is responding to what messages. So tying together the foot traffic and sales data is truly foundational to mapping the social and economic recovery. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what what some of the messaging is that's helping kind of tie some of these things together, you know, bringing in the foot traffic and then matching it up to the sales. Like what is helping get people back into the store? Well, what we're seeing, and as you, as you say, Holly, foot, foot traffic is really that proxy for sales. And so partnering with IRI helps us demonstrate that to clients, but getting the message right is also absolutely key. And especially now to the success of those location-based campaigns. So in the stability phase of the pandemic, it's been really important for brands to focus on those rational information-led messages and campaigns such as we, you know, we deliver or we're open or perhaps using a store locator 
that help to restart drive to store where where it's applicable and reiterating those convenience and safety measures that that maybe benefited consumers during lockdown and making sure people know about that and as we as we're in that more recovery phase loyalty or the appearance of loyalty may have returned to near normal um, with competition heading back to pre-COVID levels, but brands are still using location data to understand those new visit and crossover patterns as their consumers may have been exposed to different brands um, due to access or availability during the pandemic. So there's also been a lot of discussion, you know, in, in obviously brands need to keep up those messages about what people can expect when they come into store, whether that is curbside pickup or whether that is uh, safety measures or a convenience measure, but also there's been a lot of discussion around the use of humor and being more entertaining because I think brands are consumers are now looking to brands for a bit of a lighter lighter side, bringing a bit more of that that laughter, not just safety messages. So I think it really is about getting that mix and striking that balance right. Is there some kind of like a uh, a stair step strategy maybe that you are recommending for marketers as they start to, um, you know, reopen and get back into the marketing game. You know, like you, you started out by saying things like, Hey, we're open or we deliver. And now you're saying, okay, let's, let's try and find a little lightness in this very heavy time. Um, so is there kind of a strategy? Like, how are you, how do you track a level of reemergence or, you know, openness with the right message? I think it's really a delicate balance and it is about brands understanding their their customers, which is, is important at, at any time, really. I mean, in terms of indicators of reemergence, we're looking at things like the degree of mobility, return of competition, uh, level of store attendance, shopper spending levels. And, you know, even in, lo- in areas where lockdown eased more quickly, people were still cautious and our our data is showing and we've got a new consumer confidence pulse, which is a sort of a quick hit around confidence in the economy, uh, confidence in their in people's own personal household finances. And, and if they had a thousand dollars to spend right now, where would they spend it? And so this stuff gives us a bit of a sense of how people are feeling. And I think that brands need to really be keeping their finger on that pulse because it is a time when people have uh, and are exhibiting more of a thrift mentality with recessions impending, et cetera. And so, so brands really need to keep this in mind, especially as we head towards the holiday season. What will people have the appetite for? Um, what will they be concerned about? And it's really about understanding consumers as people. And they're, we're all going through the same, many of the same things right now, I suppose. Yeah. So, you know what? Talk to us a little bit about loyalty. Um, and and what happened with loyalty during the pandemic? Yeah, this is really interesting because what we saw was as mobility decreased, loyalty increased, or at least the perception of loyalty because we were uh, sort of trapped in our homes, I guess, for lack of a better word. And we we were going to places in, in very close proximity to where we lived, depending on where we lived, that could be within walking distance or it could be a short drive time or a cycle time away. And so so what we've seen, for example, is uh, we saw an overall about a 15% increase in foot traffic from peak pandemic to the early recovery stages among a selection of national CPG retailers across the U.S. And the other thing that we, the other factor that we see is the return of competition is present, and that 
makes loyalty essentially go down. So what we saw was a, an inverse relationship between competition and loyalty. And so what we saw uh, that looked like an increase in loyalty during lockdowns was really about a lack of mobility and a lack of choice. Um, and so um, this kind of looked like a a, a dip in store loyalty. And among a selection of CPG retailers that we looked at, we saw that they were down from about 80% at the peak of the crisis in mid-March. And they're at about 74% now, which indicates some in, increased in consumer choice. Um, and again, this is because loyalty during the pandemic has been about convenience-based loyalty versus true brand loyalty, if you will. Um, so that's kind of where, where we've seen that play out. So let's talk about the difference between how we view loyalty, um, both pre-COVID-19 and currently. Uh, people are shopping closer to home, even if it's not their top retailer. I can speak to this personally. Pre-COVID, I would make trips to different retailers to buy my groceries. I would shop at one of those stores to buy organic items, but I'd have to make a special trip since the store is not as close to where I live. Uh, now I'm just shopping at the store closest to me and dealing with the more limited organic inventory that it has. So when thinking about loyalty, there are some key questions that come to mind. You know, what opportunities exist for brands and retailers to keep those new shoppers? And conversely, as we gain more mobility, how can brands and retailers regain the loyalty of the shoppers they have lost? Um, IRI continues to preach about defending and retaining. So connecting with consumers during the pandemic has been and continues to be paramount for CPGs as they aim to retain new buyers and defend the loyals. The opportunity that exists for those CPGs is the long-term retention of those new or returning brand buyers with a minimal acquisition cost. Um, with opportunity, though, can come risk. And there is the possibility of losing loyal brand buyers to competitive brands due to out of stocks. You know, we saw that very early on. You know, you may want to buy a certain spaghetti sauce brand, but it was on the shelves. So you just went with whatever was available. Um, IRI has data that can help CPGs. Um, both do defend and retain. So for example, we can create audiences that target households who have purchased a brand uh, in the 48 weeks prior to the COVID-19 stack up period. And we can also build audiences that will reach households who are more likely to try new products, as well as reaching con converts soon after they've made their initial purchase. Completely agree with that, Holly. I mean, that there's this, this protect and defend is, is super important right now because of all the reasons that you just, just talked about. And, and once people can go a bit further afield to do their shopping and decide to venture out, or maybe they're back at work and they're now shopping at places where they were more likely to shop close to their offices, for example, then the game is, is changed again. And we've done some studies around the grocery sector, big box and pharma, uh, for example, and what we've seen is that that loyalty still remains what we call artificially high in the grocery sector, with nine out of ten shoppers only visiting one of the um, retail brands sort of that we've listed uh, in our eight-week 
study so far. And since lockdown was fully implemented, what we've seen in the big box sector has been just 10% of pre-COVID foot traffic on, on average throughout that period. So big box and grocery loyalty remain high. But we saw that Dollar General, as an example, really stood out as a strong performer in terms of store visits uh, as the coronavirus took hold throughout April. And Walmart bore the brunt of that. And in this regard, the, the context of a, of a sector with a 90% drop in foot traffic Dollar General have really grown their market share from shoppers from about one in six to about one in two. So this is significant, but but even they've shed shoppers in absolute terms. So this does put them in a position of a big advantage for when the market does recover and visitor counts start to grow again. And looking into other sectors, pharma, we saw loyalty actually dropped, but while the pharma sector didn't increase, didn't experience quite the same boost as some of the other sectors ahead of lockdown, it did remain one of the more resilient of the CPG retail sets that we've tracked uh, since then, averaging about 20% of COVID pre-COVID levels throughout. And Walgreens was ranking top for loyalty, uh, dominating CVS and Rite Aid. And again, that may have to do with location of stores and the size of their um, their store. Uh, footprint. But overall, there's been cautious wave on wave increases of those shopper counts since the Black Lives Matter protests, where we saw a, a small dip again. But those have since, since stalled a bit since the virus continues to spread. So this makes things a bit challenging, especially things like measuring return on ad spend. But it's under so it's understandable for brands to be a bit cautious in that area. But we think that as consumers adapt to this new normal, as shopper counts start to increase, then advertisers are going to see that demand returning and that opportunity to demonstrate ROAS is going to, is going to bounce back and become more straightforward again. And, and the last thing I'll say on this is kind of echoing your, your points, uh, Holly, is that in addition to winning back those, those old customers, those loyal customers, brands now need to fight hard to defend and retain the new consumers have relied, who've relied on their offering throughout the crisis and also be competitive conquesting to get people back in store who made other choices during the 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 lockdowns out of need or necessity. Yeah, absolutely. And there actually are solutions within IRI um, that can help with this, um, including building out 100% deterministic purchase-based audience segments to see where people are shopping and what they're buying based on the loyalty card data. And IRA also has a solution called Campaign Conversion Feed, where advertisers can find out which households have actually converted to a, a specific brand in a given week. So this optimization solution links weekly purchase data to ad exposures, and then it empowers advertisers and their demand-side platforms where the media is being executed to optimize around campaign tactics that are driving offline purchases. And it allows them to make adjustments between those tactics based on purchase behavior. Yeah, that's really interesting. And for us, I mean, with ROAS, we can look at both featured and also Halo products as part of that return ad spend. And it's especially important as part of that defend and retain strategy, because as mobility increases, promiscuity 
also increases. So people shopping at multiple stores to meet their needs, like you were talking about, going to one place for your organic things and et cetera. And so while while loyalty remains relatively high, it's really important for retailers now to better understand that current core of exclusive shoppers so that when promiscuity returns to the sector, then they can start looking at those acquisition strategies to help steal back share from competitors. And, and really they all brands should be asking what strengths can we dial up through marketing that are going to draw shoppers in from competitors when those conditions change? Is it convenience, stock range, sales, uh, service, price, utility, whatever that might be, and really trying to capitalize on that through how they message. Yeah, so what are your recommendations for brands and retailers in terms of connecting with consumers right now? And how does that differ from pre-pandemic strategies? Well, with consumer confidence returning to what we're calling the next normal, brands should be really consolidating their share voice and increasing marketing spend to cut through. And I know a lot of people have been recommending this as we kind of uh, hit the first kind of wave of that of that pandemic, but really they should be focusing on those acquisition campaigns with drive to store CTA and amplifying those types of activities with perhaps out of home media plans, depending on where they're located and what's happening in there in those markets. But using location data, they can also then retarget consumers seen in proximity to, to those stores to reinforce those uh, those brand messages. And also, as we talked about before, reaching consumers at home. Uh, Bliss, for example, can target entire ha- entire households at home using our habits to home targeting. And then the second part is really understanding that post-lockdown customer. So um, really uh, using that location data to understand new visit and crossover patterns as brands Um, need to know where consumers were exposed to different brands during the lockdown and um, and really use that information to competitive conquest and win back those those loyals so so this is really i think a unique opportunity for brands because big swathes of consumers maybe are deciding whether to return to their tried and tested pre-covid behaviors and old habits are hard to break so this is the thing we are as humans creatures of habit so we tend to do the same thing so even if we stop doing that thing for a number of weeks or even or even months it does take a long time to break out of habits so uh if there's an opportunity to get people to come back in store and stick, you know, and, and stick with the brands they loved, or also conversely for consumers that were shopping in stores, they may not have shopped in previously, getting them to stick with the brands that got them through that lockdown period is going to be really, really, really key. And then lastly, the point around that I make is around that frugality, that, that thrift mindset. Consumers are, approaching things with a bit of caution, household finances may be a bit tight right now and perhaps for the foreseeable future. But but we think that consumers may be eyeing up some bigger ticket purchases later in the year, perhaps thinking about making their homes more livable, um, investing, for example, in home cinemas or other bigger ticket consumer electronics items or home improvements. And we're seeing a lot of news reports about the increase in and home improvement um, kind of purchases as well. So brands should be looking at this historic location data to help them understand past preferences, life stages, passions, etc., so that they can really proactively capture those ready spenders before uh, holiday spending events come into play. 
So you actually mentioned a term early on, but you were on such a roll that I couldn't interrupt you. <laughs> um, what is drive to store CTA? Ah, so a CTA is call to action. So essentially in the ad, they might have a call to action that says visit, visit us now or, you know, go in store now or, uh, or something of that, of that nature. And with location targeted or location powered advertising, there might also be a store finder or a map. So it's very much geared towards people that are either in proximity to the store or might be traveling uh, in a certain catchment area uh, near to that store. Got it. Got it. So that actually kind of leads me to like the other end of the spectrum. And you really mentioned that people are um, just, you know, they get into these habits. And one of the habits that's been forming throughout the pandemic is shopping online. And like e-commerce, I think, has really been a winner. And I'm predicting, I think a lot of people predict that it's it's going to remain with us. So how does that impact location-based marketing? It's a great question. And lockdown has fundamentally changed consumer behaviors for the for the short term, if not the long term, especially related to moving on to online purchasing. And so and, and I think so this is something that we've got to keep in mind. And for us, we were able to use that great location data that we have, which helps us understand what people are doing, where they're going, how they're spending their time, um, which which we can still get access to. Um, and applying that towards drive to e-commerce campaigns rather than drive to in-store or a combination of of both, depending on what the brand is looking to do. So we believe that it's this combination of using past and present consumer location data to provide those predictive insights that can help businesses better understand their consumers and then engage with them with relevant personalized messages. We're testing out partnerships even around things like click to cart, for example, which would help create more seamless journeys for when CPG brands want to drive consumers to an e-commerce site instead of in-store or in addition to in-store. And it's also crucial to think about targeting entire households while they're at home to let them know that you're open, that they're, you know, you've got safety precautions in place, that there are convenience measures or that you're having a sale because we know that multiple people in the household may be involved in purchase decisions. So as people are at home more nowadays, we can target them with the right messages and help them make those family purchases, whether that is online or in store. Diane, tell us a little bit more about behavior throughout some of the summer holidays, including Memorial Day and Fourth of July. And what are you seeing now for back-to-school shopping? Are consumers visiting a wider variety of stores? This is also a great question. Lots of great questions coming at me in today's podcast. Um, we, we saw some really interesting data and uh specifically, and what we can offer as sort of a litmus test around back to school and holiday planning is based on the the footfall analysis that we did in the U.S. in the run-up to these public holiday weekends, as you say. And what our data showed was that the holiday weekends in the first half of the year did provide a a bump up in store visits, but that the the actual lead-up period to the day of that holiday, whether that was President's Day or Memorial Day, for example, um, was actually providing a disproportionate opportunity for retailers and advertisers versus any normal 10-day period in the run-up to a holiday. What we saw with Memorial Day was that it added 3% more shoppers during that three-day weekend. 
and 11% more shoppers during the 10-day period in the run-up to the holiday weekend, which is really significant. And that was compared to equivalent periods at Easter. And then the 10-day memorial period saw shopper volumes up 7%, uh, 7% higher than predicted. So that was really interesting. But we also found that it's important to consider what's the current virus situation in the equation when we're looking at this, because what we saw with Easter during the initial peak and then the July 4th weekend, while the virus was sort of halfway to its second peak, they were negatively impacted when we compare it to the Memorial Day stats we saw where the virus was in a period of decline. So online delivery, uh, particularly for groceries, is going to play a bigger role this holiday season than in, in the past. So if the virus is on the rise, brands should be considering switching messaging to drive shoppers down an e-commerce route. But anyway, you slice it, consumer caution is still there and contingency planning has to be in place for brands and advertisers to try and weather the, the uncertainty that's that's with us this, this coming season and for back to school. Uh, do you anticipate that there will be an increase of shoppers in store for the Labor Day holiday, which is quickly approaching, compared to the shopper activity that you were seeing for Memorial Day? There's been so much up and down. I think it's it's difficult to really predict that, and and I think it will really depend on where we are in the in the curve of the of the virus. Where we are in the cycle right now we're seeing that overall rates are down, but there's such hot pockets, particularly around college campuses and, um, you know, so certain areas. So huge concerns right now. So because of the, the, the ups and downs that different markets are experiencing, it is really difficult to predict. And so I don't think it's going to be an even line. I think in probably in some areas where there's less risk and the virus is under control, we may see more of a bump up in the run up to that Labor Day weekend. But in other places where risk is higher, we may see it drop off or stay or stay low. So I think I think it will be a variable result probably for that Labor Day weekend. But we had come back and report that to you. Yeah, there we go. Another reason to get together and talk. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about some channels because you mentioned, first of all, like the nice rebound in convenience. Um, I was really fascinated to hear about the uptick in traffic for dollar, even though you said it's still kind of down, you can see that it's taking share from other channels. So is there anything that you would offer up as an opportunity for marketers to kind of speak to these specific channels? Well, in the U.S., CPG has definitely been our most resilient sector as compared to other verticals such as entertainment or auto and others. But overall, it's going to be really important, more important than ever for brands to just understand that consumer behavior as it relates to mobility. And really, mobility is the key here about making better decisions to engage consumers and to drive them in store or online. And so we really recommend camp, uh, flexible campaign options such as interchangeable creative with visit store or visit website messaging that can be swapped in or out depending on local restrictions. Also, perhaps redistribution of impressions into regions without restrictions so that you can capitalize on opportunities where they exist because if the virus is increasing in one market, you may want to shift impressions away from that region into another one that's a bit more stable, for example. And, and this would have the added benefit of boosting share voice where it can make more of a difference and might 
help mitigate for potential uh, pauses or cancellations like we might have seen back in April at the height of the lockdowns. So it really is an interesting um, opportunity, I guess, to have like the right message in the right place going to the right person and, you know, building back to that true loyalty, like the, the pre-pandemic type of loyalty or even gaining based on um, based on some of the changes that have been taking place. So this has been a super informative um, conversation. I've learned so much about your business. I've actually learned a lot about IRI business. Um, and I love how, how nicely they go together and they're so complimentary. So in wrapping up, I just wanted to um, highlight a couple things that I heard. And that is that there is some really interesting benefits to location-based data as we track everything from consumer confidence, where they're spending, the amount that they're spending. Um, it it de- definitely gives us almost like that consumer sentiment. You know, it's like consumer sentiment come to life, which I think is really interesting. And um, that behaviors are definitely noticeable from market to market because everything is so different out there. Um, I learned a new trend, um, CTA, call to action. So maybe I'll be throwing that around a lot. Um, I love that. Um, but I love that the I love the different strategies of connecting with shoppers, um, both, you know, as as they work through and as we by channel, by message, um, by level of restrictions that are in place. I think these are all super important and it would be nice to have like a little playbook of if I think I'm at X X easement, I can start changing my messaging. So that would be interesting to create. And of course, brands are always looking for new and more effective ways to connect with shoppers. Um, and I, I like that there are different messages for different products, different retailers um, in different times and places. So definitely an interesting way of tracking the defend and retain success of both CPGs and retailers. So with that, I want to say thank you, Diane and Holly. Thank you for your time and insight. And I'll look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening. Please become a subscriber and let us know what you want to learn more about. We'll serve it up in a future IRI Growth Insights episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review IRI Growth Insights. Also, visit us on the web at iriworldwide.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.